Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. And it's a delight to welcome you back to the Fairways of Life show. Matt Adams here with you. Big news because Team USA for the Solheim Cup is now complete. We are honored to be joined by Solheim Cup captain Stacy Lewis. And Stacy, I feel like saying congratulations because your team is finally complete. I'm not even sure if that's the right terminology to use, the right word to use. What does it feel like to you? Um, it it is congratulations. Congratulations to them. You know they they're the ones that did the work. They're the ones that played great golf. They're the ones that made this team, and um, you know they made my decisions easy just by the their performances and the way they play golf. And um, it's just finally nice to have the list down to twelve instead of at twenty or twenty five. In the press release that the LPGA sent out, you were quoted as saying, and I quote this, these final days were definitely some of the hardest ones of my career, but I'm so proud to have Allie, Cheyenne, and Angel on the 2023 United States Solheim Cup team, mm-hmm. close quote. Uh, could you tell us about what you were going through? What was it like emotionally for you, knowing that you had three players to pick, but also knowing that there were players you're going to have to call to say they didn't make the team? Yeah, so, I mean, the last few days, it's really, it was going through all the scenarios of who was going to make it on points, who was going to make it on Rolex, then where did the picks fall. Um, and I think you, you not not that you second-guess yourself, but you got to, you know, kind of convince yourself, like, this is the right decision. Like, we're, we've, we've been talking about this for months now, you know, like, just, you know, we got to keep with what we had planned and... Um, but certainly the hardest part was telling – I had to, you know, tell a couple of girls no. And, um, you know, and it was hard. You know, I know they wanted to be there. They had played good enough golf to be there. It was just somebody else played a little bit better, you know. And um, the team became very hard to make. Um, you really had to end up being in the top – inside the top 50 in the world just to make this team. And so um, it just shows how deep we are and um, – and how strong I think this team is going to be. Now that we have the the complete team, and you guys can see it on your television screen, and Lilia Vu, and Nellie Corda, Allison Corfoods, Megan Kang, uh, Jennifer Cupcho, Daniel Kang, Andrea Lee, who incidentally finished on the mark last weekend in order to get in uh, yeah. automatically. Rolex rankings saw Lexi Thompson and Rose Zhang, and then the captain's picks that we talked about earlier in the show, and Ali Ewing, Cheyenne Knight, and Angel Yin. Uh, Stacy, how would you describe, if you can, how would you describe the personality of your team? Oh, gosh. Um, we've got a wide range of personalities. Um, they're young, though. I mean, the team in general is probably one of the, is very young. Um, young but experienced. Um, personality-wise, I mean, I they're pretty chill. They're I think they're going to handle what the Solheim Cup is and the emotions and the stage. I think they're going to handle it really well. And um, we're going to prepare them as much as we can for what's coming. But, um, I, I mean, 
you know, we, we, we talk, we've, I've talked a lot today about the three picks, but in my head, like this is 12 and I don't care how they qualified. I don't care whether they were picks like these were the best 12 and the 12 is the team. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's going to be great to finally just get them together as 12 and see how they begin to bond and kind of who, who kind of goes to which person for advice and for help. And, um, it's just going to be fun to see things evolve over the next two or three weeks. From notwithstanding the impact that you're going to have as the captain and, and your vice captains will have from a leadership role, from a player's perspective, who are you looking to on your team to say, oh, no, I already know this person. I already know what kind of a leader they are, whether we're talking about inspiration in the locker room or leading out on the golf course. I mean, Allie. Allie's the oldest one, I think, on the team. Um and she, she's just she that was and that was part of the reason she was picked is is just her leadership or she's just kind of a good calming influence i think um and she has her moments where she cracks jokes and she's got some great one liners um but i think she's going to be somebody that the rookies can really rely on um to be to be a good little mentor and to kind of help them through the week um you know i think I think Nellie's a leader, whether she wants to be or not, um, just because of her game. Her game speaks for itself. Um, but I see, I mean, I see some of these rookies even stepping up too. Um, I just, I think, um, you know, the rookies are going to have to grow up fast, and, and I think they will. I, I've only got a couple more questions for you because I'm sure you've been sitting in that chair all day probably mm-hmm. talking to media entities around the country. This obviously is a way game. Uh, in your experience, because you've been a part of Solheim Cups that have been mm-hmm. played in Europe, how is it different? How do you prepare your team for that experience? Well, one, I, I've always liked away Solheim Cups better um, because I think you can have more of a team experience. Um, the number of people that are traveling with the players is smaller. Um, we're just able to spend more time together. So I've always enjoyed overseas Solheim Cups more for that reason. Um, and you know, but it comes with this challenges, right? You're, the crowd is definitely not for you. Um, there's, you know, just, just being away from home, different foods, you know, there, it's just, it's just different, right? It's just not in your comfort zone. So, um, so there's definitely challenges to it. And our biggest challenge is we've lost the last two and Europe has the momentum. So, um, that, that's the biggest thing we got to go over there and flip. When do you hope that you can get together with your team, get them in all in one place at one time, whether that's virtually mm-hmm. or whether that's in person? Is that coming up? Is that slated? Yeah, that's that's already scheduled for for this week, and um, I will be. I'm going to be at the next two tournaments. Um, just you know, talking pairings, um, golf balls, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, just so the girls too, and we have an off week where they can go home and and get their games ready for Spain and um, and know what to prepare for. Stacy, you are a longtime friend. Uh, I cannot tell you how proud we are of you. Very excited about the team that you have assembled representing the United States of America. We wish you the very, very best in September. Awesome. Thank you guys so much, and thanks for the coverage, and keep following us in, in Spain. We definitely will. Here's a look at Team USA. Completely assembled now and ready for 
all that it will face in Spain with the addition of the captain's picks, Ali Ewing, Cheyenne Knight, Angel Yin. I can tell you, you will hear from those players coming up on the Fairways of Life show today. Rose Zhang as well is slated to join us. Cannot wait for all of it. Now, if you guys are noticing, take a look at your clock. Whatever time zone you're in, Andrew tells me people are checking in today from England. People are checking in from Morocco. People are checking in from all over the United States. Uh, Zach Johnson's United States Ryder Cup picks will be coming up inside of an hour. Uh, and we will be discussing those picks as they happen live and sharing our observations with you. Now, yesterday, Dom, I'm not sure you, you saw this. Did you see the, the news about the Guardian that supposedly leaked who the picks will be for Zach Johnson. Did you catch that? I did. I don't know if leak is the right terminology, but yes, there's, there's been reporting about who is likely to be picked. You know, it's more than it didn't, it wasn't presented as speculation though. So it, that's why I use the word leak because it wasn't presented as uh, this is, this is most likely the scenario. We're getting that everywhere. This was presented as these are going to be the picks. So it was reported yesterday. We're going to find out shortly who it is and what it actually is by the by Captain Zach Johnson coming up this morning on the Fairways of Life show. So the Guardian reported that it's going to be Brooks Kepka. Now, you remember Brooks Kepka fell just outside of the automatic qualifying points. He was displaced by uh, Xander Shoffley. After that. It's reported that it will be Jordan Spieth, which I don't think it really shocks anybody. Jordan, you could literally pair with anybody. Although I have a feeling who he's going to be paired with more on that in a moment. It was then reported that Colin Morikawa would get the captain's nod for the team. Now, when you're talking about Colin Morikawa, one of the things that we're all going to come to understand, but... Marcus Simone is a golf course that will be a ball strikers golf course. We already know that the setup of the golf course from the European side, because they have the right to set up their home game is going to be very tight. So it's not going to be, they use the terminology all the time. It's at a point of cliche. It's not going to be a bombers paradise. It's going to be a golf course that will reward accuracy very much like they did in Paris. And I can't tell you how many times being out of the course doing the play-by-play, and I'll be doing the same thing in Rome, that I saw the European side tee off with a hybrid, at least less than driver, and I watched the Americans get up there and smash driver into positions that they couldn't play from. Well, it's, it's, it's not going to be a recipe that should shock anybody. That's exactly what they're going to face here. So Colin Morikawa, I think, is an excellent pick for that. Uh, Word is that Ricky Fowler is going to get back in. I'm not terribly surprised by that. He was close. As you saw by your your graphic, he's a winner again. I'm not sure if if Ricky would be uh, 13th was his position. If Ricky would be the, the player that I would have put in there, I think I would have definitely put Keegan Bradley in before Ricky. But I get that Ricky is, you know, they're picking a team So we've been told over and over and again, it's not only about overall performance. Uh, Ricky has a losing record in the Ryder Cup. Uh, It's it's about the team and the way the overall team mixes, and that's a luxury that the captain and his vice captains have. So where is it? Ricky Fowler is going to be picked by Zach Johnson. And then the Guardian reported this, which has caused quite a bit of 
conversation in and around the world of golf, it, that it's going to be Justin Thomas as the fifth pick by Zach Johnson. Uh, JT, who was 71st in FedEx Cup points, missed the FedEx Cup playoffs. He does, however, have a winning record in the Ryder Cup. He's 6-2-1 in nine matches in 18-21. and 21. Curious what you guys think about that. So left unsaid in this piece is who the sixth player will be, the presumption being that it's still being debated internally amongst those that will make the decision. Which, so far, we haven't said the name of number nine, Cam Young. Haven't heard the name mentioned, number 11, Keegan Bradley. Number 12, Sam Burns. Number 14, Denny McCarthy, before we get to Justin Thomas, who, who was reportedly picked. And then number 16, Lucas Glover, who won not one but twice and in a row and seemingly would have clearly done enough to be amongst those on that team. Uh, it seems as though the early speculation is that Sam Burns could get the nod. Uh, Sam Burns, as you guys know, very good ball striker with his irons, a very good putter, good combination. Uh, the, the area of concern with Sam Burns is his play off the tee. So we're going to find out much more about that as the, the time continues to march on. We're only about... 42, 43 minutes away from the press conference with Zach Johnson. And again, we're going to have uh, responses for you right here as those picks are made. Uh, Dom, I'm sure you're hearing from people already this morning. We are. One of the questions that came in I think is a good one, and I, I think it's worth asking, which is, and Paul writes this, why would the picks be leaked? I think that's a good question, Matt. Do you think that, let's just take Justin Thomas for example. Do you think that that pick, A, would be surprising some people, B, maybe upsetting some people, and so because of that, C, they've decided to leak it in advance to soften the blow? Or is no. that just like everything I'm saying, just completely outrageous speculation? It's not outrageous. It's, it's, it's a plausible theory, but I don't actually think that's what happened in, in this situation. Uh, I know the journalist. I know the contact levels. I, I know the fact that this particular individual ha- gets information directly from players. And my guess is, is that a player already knows what's going on. It's already circulated. Uh, so I, I have a feeling that this is real information. I trust the source. Could be wrong. We'll see. But, but I trust but the source, why, and I, but the I think this is real. Remains, why? Why leak it? It wasn't. You're you're assuming that the, that a leak is deliberate. Sometimes it is, in particularly in political realms, it often is. Notwithstanding that there are politics involved in this too, surely. But I don't believe that this was deliberately leaked. Is what I'm telling you. I think the players on the team know in advance, and this particular journalist has direct contact with those various players through relationships that goes back years, and I believe that somebody revealed the information, not with an agenda-laden approach to it, but I, that's why I believe that this information, for better or for worse, whether you like it or whether you despise it, but I believe that this information is on the mark. So because if I'm the, best friends with a journalist and I say, yes. oh, hey, guess what? It's Justin Thomas. Knowing full well I'm talking to a journalist right. with the assumption that that journalist is going to report that information – that player would know this guy's going to report it if I tell him. So there's, right, there's got to be purpose in there, is there not? No, there doesn't have to be an agenda in that. If you if you know that the information is going to be leaked out there, and if you don't care, then you're going to share that information. That's how information, it, we see it constantly. Although, 
recently we have found out that organizations have been accused of sending information to specific members of the media, which raises a whole other question. We're constantly talking about journalistic ethics, whether we're talking about sports or, or golf or otherwise. Uh, but what are the ethics if a league deliberately sends information to specific members of the media uh, and what does that mean in terms of the equity of the media at large in terms of how information is being disseminated, right? So that's, but that's another subject. I don't believe in this case that's what happened. I believe this, in this case that this journalist, their source was a player, and the player revealed who those picks are going to be. They just don't know who the sixth pick was going to be because they, that, they weren't informed of that as yet. So for my part, I think it's real stuff, but I don't think it's, it's based on agenda, uh, to to impact the way that it's going to be received because uh, once it becomes official in 39 minutes from now at the start of that press conference, uh, then there's going to be every bit as much debate, uh, in some cases, I suppose, jubilation, in other cases, rage about who got on this team, who didn't get on this team. So we'll follow that accordingly. Uh, Don, very quickly, do you have anything else? Because we've got uh, I'm, I'm getting word that we have some people standing by for interviews. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, don't sleep on Bryson. Thomas would be a joke. Zach Johnson is holding the show hostage. Uh, you know, if they don't pick Bryson, they aren't serious about winning. You know, people are already giving their two cents about who should or shouldn't be picked and why and why not. <laughs> and I'm sure that will continue in earnest. There's little doubt about that. Hey, folks, don't forget to check out PXG because they've got the this the month of August – where they have this promotion where you go, you contact PXG, pxg.com or 844-PLAY-PXG, and you bring in your driver and match your gamer. You get fit, and then you match your gamer against the new Gen 6 driver, and if yours performs better, they give you $100. So you walk out of there with having been fit, so now you know, which you can use that information for all kinds of different purposes, uh, and you walk out with a $100 prepaid credit card. You can't lose. There is no way to lose in that. Uh, check it out when you get a chance. Uh, PXG.com is the best way to find it. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. They are the number one golf retailer in the land. More than 60 big, beautiful stores. Coast to coast, whether you swing it, wear it, learn from it, you'll be backed by pros. That's the reason why they're number one. Those big stores only make it that much better. Find your happy place. Shop with the pros. Easy now. Find your happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! <laughs> Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland. Golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It screams, it tracks, it's soft, it reacts, 
It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. The Gen 6 Iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I have ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 Iron. The longest, most accurate irons we've ever made. They go higher and farther than any iron that I have hit to date, and they're so easy to hit. Super excited for the consumer to try this. They're going to love them. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. I think I'm going to go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're going to need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one Gives you feedback in real time. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. You can go out there on your own and just hit balls and it'll fix your golf game. Transition on plane. The Wiz. Sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. So Allie Ewing is once again a member of Team USA, representing the United States at the Solheim Cup. Uh, this is not her first Solheim Cup, though, of distinction. Allie, congratulations. We're super proud of you. How excited are you today? Hey, thanks, guys. I'm really, really excited. Um, as I've said throughout all of these, uh, you know, last few weeks leading up to the big announcement and picks and everything, once I played in my first Solheim, I didn't want to miss one after. So... Um, I was ecstatic to to have that conversation with Stacy yesterday um, and get the nod to be on the Team USA again, um, and I can't wait for Spain. When you get a call like that and, and the captain is saying, hey, we want you to represent Team USA, we need you to be amongst our 12, how do you greet news like that? Who do you tell first? I mean, what did you do immediately in the aftermath? Yeah, I, I called my husband um, just to give him the the update. Um, I let my my close family know, but obviously we wanted to keep it uh, secret just for the time being um, for the big announcement today. But obviously, quick to call family and uh, my husband to make sure they uh, could share in the celebrations and also start planning. You know, we've got to we got to get all the flights and everything booked to get to Spain. That's awesome. You know. Just a few minutes ago, I had a chance to speak with your captain, and I was asking Stacy about leaders, uh, people who inspire, people who can help guide. And, and the context was whether you're talking about the team room or whether you're talking about the golf course. She first off and specifically mentioned you, and she said that you had this calming influence how, how do you react to that type of, of testimonial, if you please, from your captain? And how do you define your own role? Yeah, obviously coming from someone like Stacy Lewis, first and foremost, um, but then coming from a captain, um, it is a role and position that I feel comfortable in. Um, 
I do, uh, you know, I don't look at it as pressure or feel like, you know, all of a sudden I have this huge obligation. Um, I think it's just mostly a place of uh, being able to step into the team room and hopefully make everyone comfortable, hopefully uh, bring the team more and more together. Um, everybody on the team knows how to play golf. Uh, so there's, there's nothing that a leadership role in that state um, can do to propel anyone's golf game. But I think just as a whole, being able to, to I think, unify and bring everyone together, um, you know, if that's a leadership role that I can step into, I'm more than happy to do that. And, um, you know, super, super honored that she would say something like that for me. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that uh, I can take to heart. And, uh, you know, some, a, a place that I am proud to be able to step into as a leader. And it's, it's something that I've, have definitely wanted to be. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm necessarily the name that you think of when you think of Team USA, but um, I'm happy to step into a leadership role and uh, provide every single facet possible to hopefully lead us to victory. Yeah, I'm not so sure that you wouldn't be a name that people think of when they think of Team USA now that you've been on <laughs> multiple ones. When, when you go to your first, when you were a rookie at the Solheim Cup and it was an event that was, you know, on foreign soil, what do you think you've learned since that time? And what I'm curious about in that regard, to be more specific, Allie, is how have you changed as a player? How have you changed as a person through the experiences you've had then to now? Well, I think the comfort level, um, it takes a little while to settle into professional golf. Or I would say for some, you know, someone like Roseng that we're great to have on the team, you know, she jumped right in and won her first event. So, um, you know, for me, it took me a little bit of time to settle in to kind of gain that confidence and um, to make my way onto the team, um, you know, under, uh, you know, very unfortunate circumstances with my captain Stacy in 2019 um, with her injury. But being able to step into that position, gain some experience, gain some confidence, um, go on to win my first LPGA tournament in 2020. Uh, I think just that experience that I've gained um, through the years being more comfortable, um, just kind of being able to step into that team room and say, hey, here's what you can expect on the first tee. Here's what you can expect on foreign soil. Um, just to be able to lend a hand to some of our younger players. And then, you know, as you mentioned, also just hopefully be a leader and um, be someone that everyone can feel comfortable around in the team room. And um, yeah, the, we can go translate some great golf and to get a victory. Uh, who do you think is going to head over there with you? I assume your husband's going to head over. Any other family members coming along? Um, as of right now, I think for sure my mom and dad, um, potentially grandmother, um, in-laws, um, and potentially a sister-in-law too. So I think we're going to have a, a good McDonald and Ewing mix over there. <laughs> Fantastic. We're so, so <laughs> proud of you. Good luck in September. We know that you're going to fulfill all those various roles that the team is hoping from you because of who you are. And, again, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much, Al. Hey, thanks for having me on. Go Team USA. Go Team USA. We have more players on the way, but they will all be on their way to Spain. There you can see at the 18th to the 24th of September, the United States leading the series by a score of 10 to 7. Europe won the last time by a mark of 15 to 13. Honored to be joined now by Cheyenne Knight, of course, who is announced as one of the three captain's picks for Stacey Lewis, representing the United States on the Solheim Cup team. Uh, Cheyenne, congratulations. I know this is absolutely massive in anybody's uh, career resume. 
how does it feel to you at this point? Um, it's starting to sink in a little bit more. Uh, the last kind of 24 hours have been pretty incredible. Um, yeah, it's a huge honor to represent my country and um, something that I've wanted to be a part of since I was a kid watching the Solheim Cup. So I'm really excited to go to Spain and hopefully uh, bring the cup back. When you mention how, how wild the 20, last 24 hours have been, can you give us kind of an inside view of, of what that was like? What was it like when you got the phone call? What was your reaction? Who did you talk to about it? Who did you get in contact? I mean, at this point, you had information that you knew you wanted to tell somebody you couldn't tell everybody. What was it like? Yeah, um, after my round yesterday, um, Stacy was at the golf course, so went into a room with her and talked to her, and it was good news. Um, yeah, and just had to keep it on the down low, but told my immediate family members, and they were so excited. Um, I've kind of had some stock, uh, some talks with Stacy over the last few weeks, so I felt pretty good about it, but it wasn't, like, set in stone. Um, yeah, this past week, we had all our final, um, like, team photos and videos, and so it was a lot like in your face and you knew you had one more tournament to kind of make the team. So um, it was a big relief, um, but a lot of excitement and um, from everyone involved and just kind of, you know, just the last two years trying to accumulate points to make the team and it all paying off. Is there any part of that, uh, Cheyenne, that came as a surprise to you in terms of how you either emotionally or how your game uh, physically reacted to the pressure of trying to be where you needed to be in order to be on this team? You know, I really haven't thought too much about it. I think last year uh, my game started really trending in the right direction, and then this year I got off to a hot start kind of and played some really good golf in April and May. And, um, you know, I've, I haven't really been thinking about it too much. Like, it is one of my goals, but um, very, like, cliche, but just kind of taking it, like, one round at a time and just trying to get better every day. But... Um, yeah, and I think once we started doing, like, the uniform fittings and stuff throughout the year, definitely started to think about it more. Um, and I kind of knew where I was on the points list and just kind of kept, like, having, like, some top ten finishes, which definitely um, helped me kind of make it. And I know I was, like, pretty close on the bubble for points, um, but I won the um, Dow team event with my partner Elizabeth but since that's a team event I didn't get any Solheim points or Rolex points so um, it counted towards like our season and race for like uh, for CME on the LPGA but I didn't get any points for that but um, I talked to Angela and Stacy after the tournament and felt pretty good about that just playing well in a team event um, with the format that we use at the Solheim Cup. So it was really good um, for them to see that. And so after that, I felt um, pretty good about my spot on the team. And um, yeah, it's just been kind of a whirlwind, but um, I'm really excited to go. And um, I think kind of my game fits the course from what I've heard about it. So I'm excited to get over there. And I want to talk to you about your game and, and what you feel you bring to the team in particular. But I'm curious, uh, first, Cheyenne, are you... Are you naturally an emotional person, and, and what do you think your reaction is going to be when you hear the national anthem and you're dressed in those uniforms that you guys have been outfitted for representing the United States? I am an emotional person. Um, I don't hide my emotions very well. I feel like I'm a pretty like calm person, but my um, I'm emotional, I think, as my family and boyfriend would say. Um, but yeah, like I've never gotten the chance to represent my country, and um, I'm very proud to be American. And um, 
Yeah, so it would be my first time kind of like representing, you know, the red, white, and blue and just um, hearing the national anthem and just um, representing the United States at the Solheim Cup. I definitely think I'm going to be crying, so <laughs> might have to wear some like waterproof mascara or something. But, um, and I think like just the first tee and, you know, putting on the uniforms and getting all decked out um, is going to be really really special and just watching the Solheim Cup like growing up and um, over the last few years um, just hoping to be there and I kind of went through this process a little bit in 2021 and you know didn't make the team so um, I'm really excited to be here this year and hopefully I can play in a few more in my career. You know to the points that you're just raising seeing the shot that we have of you that wide shot with you sitting next to a staff bag with the USA on it. I'm sure you can probably <laughs> see it on the monitor coming back to you in your studio. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's really, really cool. I mean, it sends a chill up your spine, and it's a reason why we're also very, very excited for all of you. Uh, the, I guess the final question I would ask you is, th the obvious answer I know is that you want to go undefeated in all your matches. I get that. But, but how do you hope that your game contributes? How do you hope as a person that you contribute? What do you think you bring to this team? Yeah, I think, um, you know, golf is an individual sport and I have not played in a team kind of environment um, since like, I mean, the Dow event that um, I won with my partner, Elizabeth Sokol, um, that's just the two of you. But I'm um, just really getting to experience like this team um, environment atmosphere. Like, again, like I've never been on a junior Solheim Cup or like Curtis Cup or anything like that. So um, I'm really just kind of try to embrace like the team aspect and I really hope we can you know mesh well and create like a good like team culture and um, I think my game um, I hit the ball pretty straight I feel like I'm pretty like dependable and reliable um, so I think um, you know if I'm playing like four ball with someone I can you know go get like in position a like hit in the fairway hit it on the green and then maybe like who I'm partnered with, if they're a little bit more aggressive, um, they know I'm always going to be like in a good spot. Um, but yeah, I just, um, I don't know. And I think just like, I think we have a really good team this year. I feel like all our personalities kind of mesh well. And I know that we're going to, um, you know, just give it our all. And we're really all excited to go over there and play. And, you know, it's been, I, and um, just girls who I've talked to, you know, losing the last two in 2019 and 2021 you know they got a sour taste in their mouth and I haven't been in that position yet but um, I know the girls that have been there are really motivated um, to get the cut back and go win over there and so I hope I can contribute and um, you know just uh, represent my country well. There's no doubt that you will do that Cheyenne thank you very much congratulations. Thank you. I guess, hello world, huh? <laughs> and with one subtle hello, Tiger began an amazing and unthinkable career. I've done it for 20 years now with, with Bridgestone. It allows me to play an aggressive style around the greens, and it's allowed me to win a lot of tournaments. Bridgestone Golf, proud to be part of your journey. 
Boyne Golf provides the ultimate world-class golf destination with 10 championship-caliber courses spanning three resorts. Centered in Michigan's northern Lower Peninsula, the courses are the products of some of the game's masters, including Robert Trent Jones Sr., Arthur Hills, and Donald Ross. From the all-inclusive vacation packages, elite instruction with the Boyne Golf Academy, tournaments, and so much more, Boyne Golf truly offers an unrivaled Michigan golf vacation experience. Just log on to boynegolf.com. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one. Gives you feedback in real time. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. You can go out there on your own and just hit balls and it'll fix your golf game. Transition on plane. DeWiz, sold exclusively at DeWizGolf.com. Easy now. Find your happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! <laughs> Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. What if we started a company and the company was under no time constraints, no financial constraints? The one constraint is their clubs had to be exceptional performers and much better than any other alternative. I was told time and again it'll never work. It worked like a house of fire. And I'll tell you what, I think our customers love it. BXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Zero Friction introduces the Wheel Pro Push Cart Golf Bag with its revolutionary 3-in-1 design, supportive legs that spring into action, a comfort grip handle with three locking positions, accessories for the modern golfer enhanced by seven pockets for more storage, and removable all-terrain wheels which slide right into place. The new Zero Friction Wheel Pro Golf Bag checks every box for every golfer. Push, carry, or cart. The decision is yours thanks to Zero Friction. Head to ZeroFriction.com today. She's one of my favorite people in the game of golf, and Angel Yin once again will be representing the United States on the Solheim Cup team. Congratulations, my friend. How are you feeling? Feeling great, uh, and thank you. So uh, really excited to be playing in this year's Solheim. You should be really excited because you've been playing some great golf. I'm curious with, with you, Angel. Do you view yourself as a player that whether we're talking about Solheim Cup or whether we're talking about majors, big turns, whatever, do you view yourself as a player that has this ability to step up in the big events? Because it sure seems from an observer's standpoint that if it's a really big event, there you are. Um, I think so. I, re- I like a good challenge when the golf course is hard. Um, I just think I play better. I, I really like it when everything is more difficult. I'm just a very difficult woman. What about, given the fact that this is, again, this is an away game for you guys, and the momentum right now coming in is seemingly on the European side, do you have, is it a chip for you, or do you, do you kind of feed off the, the energy when you're, when you're away from the United States from, from a Solheim Cup standpoint? Can that be a positive in your performance? 
Um, it's definitely going to be different. It's going to be a lot of people cheering against you and not for you. Um, mm -hmm. You don't really get a lot of that uh, when you play a normal tournament. Um, but during the Solheim, when you're playing away, that is what's going to happen. But given my experience of being able to like playing away in 2019 at Glen Eagles, um, I have an idea of what it's going to be like. And so I think I'm more prepped. I think I'm ready. Uh, I think I'm going to be up for all of it. When you think back on 19 and the last time you were on away soil for Solheim Cup, that was four years ago already. How different are you as a person? How different are you as a player with, with the time and maturity that just comes with the passage of days? I mean, it doesn't even feel like four years ago. That's how crazy it is. Um, but time flies. I think I'm more comfortable with myself, more comfortable with my game, more confident as a person. And I think that will translate and show up in my golf game, especially playing overseas again this year. Uh, and playing for Team USA. Angel, you are so much fun to be around. It's just your nature. It's just a personality of who you are. Do you see that as a contributing factor of your role on the Solheim Cup team, too, to help keep everything kind of loose and fun? Um, I, I get that question a lot. I, I don't know if that would be a huge factor because I think um, maybe it will help. I don't think it would be that much because everyone on the team is – really fun, good personality, and just very well-rounded. And I think I think more so important it's to, like, mesh well with the team. And I think I uh, do mesh well with the team-ish. Um, I don't know. It's just my personal opinion, but that's what I think. And I think that's more of a bigger factor than uh, being taking the spotlight because we are a team, and I think it's more important if we can all just, uh, I think, I guess, collaborate together well. Yeah, and I think you will collaborate together well with everybody. Again, that's your nature, too, to get along. Uh, from that standpoint, I, you called it mesh. What is it like to go from week in and week out, you're playing for what you do individually, and now you're part of this team and you represent the United States? How does that dynamic change things for you mentally, physically, emotionally? Mm. You're, not, you're not playing for yourself anymore or just a paycheck or a trophy whatever you're playing for when you tee it up the beginning of the week, and now you're teeing up for your entire country. And then our, our people, Americans, are going to be flying over to Spain, training for us, and it's just bigger than ourselves. And I think it brings everyone together when, especially since it's a team event, right, where if you play an alternate shot, you hit a bad shot, or four ball, you do something this and that, you know that your partner's got you, and that trust is something you don't really get when you play individual golf when you're out there by yourself. Now you have someone just as good, the same caliber with you uh, throughout the entire round, cheering you on, helping you out and playing with you and representing America. Playing when for you, the same when goal. You, yeah. Angel, when you say that you're playing for something that's, that's, that's bigger than us, I thought that was a beautiful way to phrase it. Poetic. Uh, what advice then would you give if you were asked by one of the rookies of what they can expect at the Solheim cup? Um, I don't think there is anything to explain because the only thing I can say is take it all in. Um, you would never be able to imagine what it's like until you actually experience it, especially in women's golf. Like, I think this is the biggest thing in women's golf, um, that you can attend. 
And so I just take it in, soak it in, and then just ride the waves and ride whatever adrenaline you have um, or brings when you're out there during the week. And uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes because your teammates got you because everybody's just that good. Everybody's the best golfer there is right now, and they're out there representing America. And so, you know, don't be afraid to hit a backyard or take a bold move because we're right there to pick you up. Angel Yin, we are so pumped for you and all the other members of Team USA in the Solheim Cup just a few short weeks down the road when you guys will be heading to Spain. Thank you for your time. Congratulations to you, and we wish you the very, very best. Thank you. So another look at the United States Solheim Cup team that you can see leading the way. Lilia Vu, then Nelly Corda, and on down. And when you look at that list, one of the names that you see is a rising young star. Rose Zhang is a member of the United States Solheim Cup team. She qualified for the team through her Rolex rankings. She has already made a great burst upon the golf scene by and large because of the play that she has already demonstrated. Rose, congratulations. How excited are you? How excited are your family that you are going to be representing the United States at the Solheim Cup? I'm beyond ecstatic. It's been an incredible ride so far, um, even though it's only been a few short months since I've turned professional, but I've been on two Junior Solheim Cups, and those experiences alone have been ultimately incredible. So um, to be able to be here and um, be have the opportunity to play with the best in the world, to play with my team and play with Stacy and have her be my captain, uh, it's going to be really, really fun. Yeah, when you talk about the whirlwind that, that you have had, it really wasn't that long ago that you were a member of a team on the collegiate side. And I know that Sadie and Rachel were, were helpful to you in your introduction as well. How excited are you to have that team dynamic again on top of the fact that it's a team that will be representing the USA? Exactly. Uh, I really thrive in the team dynamic, and I think that's something that the game of golf um, just doesn't have as much. But now with all these team events, with um, you know the Solheim Cup and in amateur golf, you have the Curtis Cup and the Junior Solheim Cups, um, just having more match play and being able to be a part of a team be playing for something bigger than yourself. Uh, these are all things that I really love, and uh, I think that the dynamic is just amazing to be a part of. And you've got Captain Stacy Lewis. You've got her vice captains. You've got veterans in Nellie Corda, Megan Kang, Jennifer Cupcho. Uh, Cupcho. You've got Daniel Kang. You've got Lexi Thompson. You've got Allie Ewing. You've got Angel Yin. Is there someone in that list that I just went through, a veteran that you feel that you're comfortable enough that you could turn to if you had any questions uh, for a rookie in the Solheim Cup? Honestly, I feel comfortable enough to talk to anyone on that team. Um, and, you know, I think that they've already been so welcoming uh, when I just started out on tour. Um, so even now that we're going to be on the same team and they've been – in multiple junior Solheim Cups, or sorry, multiple Solheim Cups, um, it'll be 
really cool to just get a feel of how they navigated their emotions, how they were able to play their matches and stay in the momentum of things. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to hearing all their advice and guidance. But I got to spend a little bit of time with Ali and Angel, um, but these two have already been really, really helpful in terms of knowing what to do and all the obligations behind the scenes. Yeah, I know it's early to ask you this question, and it's probably, in fairness, uh, a bit unfair to, to ask you what role you feel like you can play and contribute to the team. But nonetheless, just out of curiosity, have you put any thought into that? I honestly haven't, but I feel like uh, when I'm part of a team, I'm definitely a more chill character, uh, more go-with-the-flow type of personality. Uh, so regardless of what happens, I think more so just being optimistic and being um, a pretty good uplifter for the team is what I'd, I like, I'd ideally like to just be a part of. When you are sitting where you are right now and you extend your right hand and you've got a staff bag that says Team USA next to you, what is it like for you emotionally to know that you have done enough in your young career, albeit, but you have done enough to represent your country in an event of this stature? I don't know. It's, it's just amazing to think about. Um, to be honest, I think... For all athletes, no matter what sport, it's already it's the greatest honor to be able to represent one's country uh, and for me to put on the red, white, and blue uh, for the Solheim Cup and to support the Team USA um, portion. It's just something that I never really fathomed and I didn't think was a possibility leading up to my professional debut and uh, thereafter. Um, I think everything just came by so fast, but I'm really taking it all in and trying to enjoy every moment. Well, rightfully you should, Rose. And you, I have to tell you, you are chill, and it's very cool. The dignity that you carry yourself <laughs> with and the passion and the approachability that you have as part of your character will serve you well in any facet of, of life or golf and certainly as a member of the United States Solheim Cup team, for which we say congratulations and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Really cool to get a chance to speak with these members of the United States Solheim Cup team. In just a few moments, we will be able to react to the picks from Zach Johnson. We are about six minutes away from the captain of the United States Ryder Cup team making his captain's picks. And of distinction, half his team will be coming by virtue of captain's Picks. That was put in place by Steve Stricker the last time. Uh, it worked the last time. They want to do it again. The mentality was then, hey, we want to make sure because there'd been a long uh, delay because of COVID that the players that are on the team are players that are hot right now. Is that what we're hearing about who will be the captain's picks? Speculation is, according to a article to Guardian, uh, Guardian yesterday, that it's going to be Brooks Kepka, Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, and Justin Thomas, and a sixth to be named. What is your reaction? More of the Fairways of Life show coming up after this. Relax. Easy now. Find your happy place. Happy place. 
the PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! <laughs> Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland, golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. And visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Fill your heart with Ireland at ireland.com forward slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. The Gen 6 Iron is a culmination of everything that we have learned as a team. The absolute best golf club I have ever hit. It's something special. Say hello to the new PXG Gen 6 Iron. The longest, most accurate irons we've ever made. They go higher and farther than any iron that I have hit to date, and they're so easy to hit. Super excited for the consumer to try this. They're going to love them. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. I think I'm going to go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're going to need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one gives you feedback in real time. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. The Wiz really helped me to keep that consistent swing. You can go out there on your own and just hit balls, and it'll fix your golf game. Transition on plane. The Wiz sold exclusively at thewizgolf.com. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Just a couple of minutes away from the start of the press conference by Zach Johnson. And we're going to be reacting to the picks from the United States Ryder Cup captain. As soon as they are made, we will be passing them along to you. Uh, the, the feed is actually up right now. The time that they have on it is 1 minute and 17, 16, 15, 14. The countdown is happening accordingly and like i said i'm not I, the, the if you want to watch it live you can watch the Ryder cup youtube channel you can go to ridercup.com i know it's on those two sites uh, that's i'm on ridercup.com where i'm getting my feed from that's on a countdown of less than one minute now as we get ready for the start dom you can give me a couple comments before we get going 
Oh, yeah, sure. We got stuff coming down the pipe. Obviously, it was a pleasure to get the chance to speak with some of the the women who are going to be on the Solheim Cup. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, and there's some, yeah, there's some reaction coming in. Rose will be a superstar. Let's see. This girl is very impressive. Uh, Westerosi Ninja says, JT, is there some people already commenting, obviously, about uh, potential Ryder Cup picks. JT yeah. is 16-5-3 in international play, and the team needs some experience with all these rookies. Do not you know, move funny. your hands and arms around. Keep them in your lap. Rose looks nervous. She's gripping her arms. Well, you know, you can see that obviously we were lucky enough to get uh, various players on the program, but you can see that they're sort of in a predetermined media space, obviously at the time of the announcement, right? So yeah. they're, a lot of them, this is new for them, especially the sure. ones that are, are, you know, brand new rookies on the Solheim Cup team. They're, they're going through the process of getting fitted for uniforms. It's a, it's a huge moment professionally for them and one that can be a little bit, scary and nervous and so it's totally understandable like if you saw Cheyenne Knight was very like oh my god I'm on TV this is a huge thing what's happening <laughs> and that's but that's normal that's what happens this is that's a little bit like what Ali Ewing was talking about like trying to settle these girls down and, and let them let them show themselves on the course as opposed to becoming a bundle of nerves but they'll have time to work all that stuff out um Marvin says experience again going back and forth here between the Solheim Cup and the Ryder Cup, although they are intertwined in terms of team play. He says, this is Marvin, experience is extremely overrated. It's golf, something they do every day. I, I do want to pause there a little bit to get Matt's comment on that comment. Reason being, I think conventional wisdom would tell you that experience matters quite a bit. And Matt, you have been on the grounds at, I honestly, I don't even know how many Ryder Cups, and in many cases inside the ropes following these players, practically feeling the same pressure that they're feeling, although you, you don't have to perform in the same way. There still is pressure, even on the media side. But the question I would have for you is, knowing what you know and feeling what you've felt, how valuable... Would you experience? Would you consider experience to be? Is it that um, important? It, it is very important. I will tell you that the feed has just begun for Zach Johnson's press conference. We're going to find out who the captain is going to pick. Uh, th what's different about a, a Ryder Cup is that, in my case, when I'm on the grounds working, because of how many people are there and how packed it is, I'm generally at any one moment anywhere from five to ten feet away from the players. So meaning and the reason I'm mentioning that is I can hear what they're saying. Uh, I talking to each other or otherwise I can see into their eyes and you can see what they're, what they're feeling uh, when, when they're around experience plays a massive, massive role uh, for someone to say it's just golf uh, experiences. It doesn't, doesn't play an advantage. It plays a huge advantage in that setting. It also is a huge uh it, 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 it reveals things, and it's huge in that regard as well. Uh, someone else said, you know, you, you need the veterans on Team USA because of all the rookies. Bear in mind, the rookies of the six who qualified are Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, and Max Homa. Uh, hardly two of those are major champions, and Max Homa has won multiple times 
uh, in the PGA Tour. I would, I would hardly worry too much about them in terms of their rookie status, although the experience at the Ryder Cup is going to be different. And there is merit to say it's nice to have someone to put their arm around your shoulder and say, hey, just chill out. Everything is going to be okay. Uh, we are awaiting who will be the six. The, the six that are already on the team are as follows. Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley. Remember, Xander Shoffley got in late when he did so. It bumped Brooks Kepka down to number seven. So for those of you on the television side, you can see what I'm the names I'm reading off to you. But for those of you that are listening to us on the digital radio, the audio side, I will continue to go through it. Number seven is Brooks Kepka's mention. Number eight is Jordan Spieth. Number nine is Cameron Young. Number ten, Colin Morikawa. Number eleven. Is Keegan Bradley, number 12, is Sam Burns. 13 is Ricky Fowler. 14 is Denny McCarthy. 15, Justin Thomas. 16 is Lucas Glover. 17 is Kurt Kitayama. 18 is Russell Henley. 19, Will Zalatoris. And number 20 is Harris English. That is the list right now. We are awaiting word any minute, really probably almost any second, from United States Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson as to who his six captain's picks will be. The early speculation is, and it could be more than speculation because it came from an accredited source, that the picks are going to be Brooks Kepka. Jordan Spieth, Colin Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, and the sixth player, uh, we are waiting word on who that sixth player will be. The Again, scuttlebutt is that it may be Sam Burns getting that sixth pick. I'm curious what you guys think about this as we're waiting for the official announce, announcements to come up here uh, any minute. Dom, I'll, I'll bump back to you very quickly, and, and, and forgive me if I have to interrupt you as this gets if this gets underway, but what are you hearing from the people right now? Oh, there's plenty coming in here. The sixth player will be Burns or Keegan. Obviously, all speculation still at this point. Rather have Keegan, honestly. The thing going for Burns is that he will save Scotty in team play on the greens. It's interesting. I think Keegan has earned his spot. Who would be the best partner for Brooks if Brooks gets in? Burns and Keegan are the better putters, Cindy says. Brooks and Harmon, 100%, Derek says. Obviously, that's in reference to who would be good partners. I, I assume the U.S. team have worked out why they haven't won in Europe in 30 years, <laughs> Paul says. I mean, it's a, it's a puzzle. It is a puzzle. It will be a second-shot golf course, perfect for Scotty and Colin, actually as long as they don't need to putt, LOL. Uh, that's, that's, that's true, but that's only partially true from the standpoint that, it yes, it, it – Accuracy is going to be critically important coming into those greens, uh, but your tee shot is going to set up the rest of the hole. I know that sounds like a celebration of the obvious, but it's it's not a simply bomb and gouge where you hit it anywhere and your second shot, you get it on the green. They're going to set this golf course up so that if you miss the fairway, there's a penalty to be 
to be paid. All right, so they are now currently uh, at the press conference going through. Uh, Julius Mason from the PJ of America is introducing Captain Zach Johnson. Uh, the first thing they are doing is what we just did. They are going through the players that are a lock on the team. Zach Johnson is discussing that accordingly. With his reaction to the players that have made it, we could put our graphic up for you again that of the those six that are definitely on the United States Ryder Cup team because they locked down their position. And that was through the BMW Championship where it was locked in with Scotty Scheffler and Wyndham Clark, U.S. Open champion Brian Harmon, the Open champion at Royal Liverpool, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa, and Xander Shoffley. Again, these players have, have earned their spot, but bear in mind that Brooks Kepka, who won the PGA Championship, finished a tie for second at the Masters alongside of Phil Mickelson. He was not accruing points towards the Ryder Cup. And as highly placed as he was after his near miss and victory at majors, uh, he has dropped just outside of that group. He's number seven currently. Again, after Brooks Kepke, you got Jordan Spieth, Cam Young, Colin Morikawa, Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Denny McCarthy, and Justin Thomas in the top 15. 16 is Lucas Glover. And we are awaiting from the, from the captain, Zach Johnson, who is addressing the media accordingly. And again, he's starting with going through those players that have qualified for his team. And then he will let us know who his six players are that he will carry with him to Marco Simone, which is actually about 12 miles from the heart of the Eternal City. Some great video here of the castle in the middle of it. I've got to find out more about that castle, Dom. I think Michelangelo lived there for some time. I don't know if he swam in that pool that's behind it. Maybe that's where you carved the David. Who knows? I'm not even 100% certain if it was him. May have been Galileo, too. Maybe they hung out together. I don't know. Somebody out there is like, they were alive centuries apart. But you can see from the video that we're running for you that this is a golf course that has a lot of wayward areas, and those wayward areas are going to become more prominent, meaning that they're going to clip the, the fairways in. They're going to make them tighter. They're going to make that rough more dense, deeper. The greens, they generally slow down. All right, so the picks are in. Dom, go ahead. I'll let, I'll let you tell the world. What, what, let's make it official. Uh, the list that he gave, Zach Johnson just uh, gave live to everybody in the order that he gave it. Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Those are your six players. I'm going to read them again. Sam Burns. This is the order that Zach gave them to us. Sam Burns, Ricky Fowler, Brooks Kepka, Colin Morikawa, Jordan Spieth, and Justin Thomas. Matt, we now have a U.S. Ryder Cup team. Okay, the United States Ryder Cup team is complete with, with those picks. Uh, and as we were speculating earlier, 
uh, the Guardian was in fact 100% accurate with with the information that was released, right down to the speculation that the sixth player uh, would be Sam Burns, and that now is complete. So the United States Ryder Cup team is going to have Brooks Kepka, and the the plan is that these players, as part of the press conference from Zach Johnson, will also speak, will also address the world's golf media. Uh, it's it, They have it set up basically as a Zoom call right now with these players. Uh, Sam Burns, the, the merits with Sam, of course, as I'd mentioned earlier in the program, is the fact that uh, Sam is an excellent driver of the golf ball. Or excellent, uh, excellent uh, iron player, I should say. He's not an excellent driver of the golf ball. I apologize for that. He's, he's excellent w- uh, with the irons, and he's excellent with his putter in particular. Uh, being excellent with the putter is important. Uh, he's best friends with Scotty Scheffler. Many have, have thought that that would play a part in terms of, of his potential candidacy on this team. Uh, word was that last Wednesday, Zach Johnson uh, and his vice captains got together with the six players that had qualified and discussed candidates and said, who would you want? Uh, and after that, that was uh, very quickly when, when Sam Burns' name was discussed. Uh, and so Sam Burns is now confirmed to be on the United States Ryder Cup team. Uh, the fact that Justin Thomas is, in fact, going to be on that team, that he was picked, Bearing in mind that he has a 6-2-1 record in nine matches, uh, that's going to cause a great deal of discussion and consternation. Uh, I suppose there, there might be. You tell me, Dom. Is there anybody opposed to Brooks Kepka being on that team? I think if they are, they're wrong. But, I'm just, I, but in fairness, I shouldn't have given my opinion that way beforehand. But I, I think he's, he certainly has earned his way on, to put it that way. Uh, what are you hearing back from the people in terms of the reaction to this breaking news? Uh, let me see if I can find the moment. Let's see. Sean says, boo. <laughs> Ken says, Sam Burns is my surprise. I thought Bradley. Chesty says, how the hell does JT make it? WTF. The Westerosi Ninja says, Burns and JT are the controversial picks. And Cam McMaster says, and 31 tries, no wins in Europe, LOL. Obviously forecasting a European beatdown. Uh, Paul says, Thomas, boo. Chesty says, I guess it doesn't matter how bad you play if you have a name. Sean says, disgusting. G. Willis says, no Bryson DeChambeau will be disappointing for the fans, coverage, and sponsors, in my view. Neil says, it's all political. All boys, friends are in. Spieth and Thomas, buddy picks. Coffee and Egg says, JT did not earn the spot. Derek says, Zach is not going to be getting a Christmas card from Keegan Bradley. <laughs> uh, again, no Keegan, no Bryson, no DJ. And then there's like an emoji of a head slap. If I were Europe, I would have picked Bryson. Keegan deserved a spot. That's the biggest travesty of the JT pick. No one over 40, Michael says. What a shocker. I hope we get pummeled. JT on this team is a travesty. So, I mean, there's still a lot more coming in here, Matt, and we can continue to get reaction, and we want reaction. We want to hear what you think, and I think it's wonderful that the people watching right now are actually not just watching in the United States but watching all over the world. 
I think it's really fascinating to get uh, people's perspective from all over the world for these picks. I think it's interesting. That being said, it seems overwhelmingly, Matt, that folks are reacting negatively to Justin Thomas being one of the one of the captain's picks. I guess in the most generic way I can ask, do you think that's warranted? Oh, it's definitely warranted. There, there's no doubt that it's that it's warranted. He, his his play just wasn't good enough. Uh, he 71st in FedEx Cup points. He he failed to make the FedEx Cup playoffs. I mean, you're talking about Justin Thomas, who is a multiple-time major champion. On on the the converse side, he's six two and one in the Ryder Cup. So we had a Justin Thomas, and we're I'm only talking about a matter of weeks here, where Justin Thomas was explaining to the the media that his confidence was as low as it's ever been. It was clear that he was searching, verbalized or otherwise, for something in his game. Uh, will you find that? in the most intense cauldron of pressure in the game of golf that these players will play in? Some do. Some never do. So I don't know the answer to that. We have to wait and see what, what it will be. But, but it's, a, it's a risk that one is taking to assume that, you know what, we're going we're gonna to roll the dice on this one. Uh, you know, when you get into – we know that, that Lucas Glover has form, Right. Not on the team. Got to be massively disappointed. We know that Keegan Bradley has had good form, and you could tell how hard he was. He was trying even this this very very last tournament, even though it was outside of the qualifying period. Still. Uh, so, what about Cam Young? Right. So Cam Young at number nine on the list through through the qualifying period. Right now, they're showing a graphic of Ricky Fowler, 3-7-5. and five. He has a losing record in four ball. He has a losing record in foursomes. He has a losing record in singles. Right, so these are the players, as you can see, they're, they were coming in from their various Zoom calls and the press conference. In the middle there, in the middle top, you can see Zach Johnson uh, in his position, addressing the media, he's he's in Frisco, Texas, the new home of the PGA of America. So, you know, Dom asked me earlier about what you see when you're out there with the players, and you know, it's different when in in the case of of Ricky Fowler. When when I've seen him, and again, I'm I'm only a few feet away from him. What I've seen from Ricky is fear. You can see it in their eyes. I'm just being honest with you what, with what I'm seeing, and I think it's reflected in a, in a losing record. Uh, I get Ricky, Ricky's an interesting story. He's a recent winner on the PGA Tour. Is that enough? Should that be enough to say, no, he's got his game back? They love having him on the team. They love the way he mixes, blah, 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 all that stuff that we hear, you know, the team room, all that. Uh, is that enough? You know, I'm forced to, to think about Bryson was on his game again, just fired a, a record round. Uh, Taylor was playing extremely well. I'd be curious if if Captain Zach Johnson uh, discusses those other players that he was considering. You know, one of the criticisms for 
at least the United States Ryder Cup team through through its as as it's been duly noted, they haven't won on European soil since 1993, and you know it's this idea of bringing back players because they're they're part of the inner circle. Are those players performing or aren't they? Is this a forum where they are capable of playing their best golf, or in, for whatever reason? Does the circumstance consume them? These decisions that are being made now ultimately are decisions that, yes, define the legacy of a captain. Now, when you look at the players that have been chosen, like, I believe in Brooks. The reason why I believe in Brooks is because I think he's fearless. And maybe I'm naive in saying that. His overall record is 6-5 and 1. He's 2-0-1 in singles. Think about that. He's undefeated in singles and how important singles are on Sunday when everybody is playing. He's made 3 previous appearances at the Ryder Cup. So even through a period when the United States has endured endured losses and enjoyed victory, uh, he's got a winning record, right? I think that's really important. Uh, I think the the challenge for Brooks Kepka again, for this golf course and what we're hearing about it and from what I saw with him in France is off the tee. Uh, I, th- I think it's really important that they have an understanding of strategy on the various holes. I, I, didn't, sense, I didn't sense a strategy at, at Le Golf National. I didn't sense that at any point that, that – you know, team leaders got together and said, look, we all know that you guys know how to play the game of golf. We get that. But the way this golf course is set up, accuracy is more important than just brawn. So don't try to overpower the golf course. Play the chess game. So I'll be curious to see how that plays itself out when they're on site. And that comes down to, you know, willingness to have communications, et cetera. So, yeah, I like Brooks. I like Jordan Spieth on the team. I, I, because one, yeah, somebody could say, well, why Jordan Spieth? Because he's Jordan Spieth. I, just, I, I think that he is a player that clicks into form when he's in that setting. I've, I've always felt with Jordan that when Jordan Spieth stops playing golf swing and Jordan simply reacts to target, when the artist Jordan comes out instead of the tech te- technician Jordan, and it's Colin Morikawa, he's 3-0-1. His half came in singles, right? I think, I think Colin Morikawa is probably the best pick of the whole lot. He's that good. His ball striking is amongst the tops on the PGA Tour, and we know, we know how important that is. You know, for years, the United States team, when they were going through a a long, long run of losses, they always spoke about what the European side was doing as though it was somehow veiled in, in mystery, right? 
when it was always, always right in front of our nose. When it came to captaincies, it wasn't a reward. It wasn't based on friends and politics. It was based on an ascension. You had captains that would captain the, the Seve Trophy. They captained various teams. So they got used to it. They were vice captains. They got used to it. By the time that they came into their captaincy, and bearing in mind that the European side of the Ryder Cup is controlled by the European Tour, now called the DP World Tour, so that the captains were directly involved in saying to the powers that be at the then-called European Tour, hey, would you mind putting uh, Terrell Hatton together out there with, with Rasmus Hoygaard? Just want to see how their games mix. Right? Which is, again, everyone heard that and were like, oh, that's ingenious. That was so sneaky. There was nothing sneaky about it. That's how they do it. Then they come in, and every year, even after they were winning the majority of Ryder Cups, they would call themselves the underdog. Here's Jordan Spieth, overall record, 8-7-3. He's 5-2-0 in four ball. That's uh, best ball, if you please. Foursomes, he's 3-2-2. That's alternate shot. In singles, shockingly, he's 0-3-1. It's kind of surprising, isn't it, with Jordan? But again, overall, he's 8-7-3 with a positive winning record. So that's, you know, those are my overall observations in terms of there's more. There's, there's more things we can go into in terms of what the European team was doing right, that the American team was scratching their head. So they, they came back and they formed what they call Team USA. And I can remember I was talking to Davis Love III about it one time and saying, well, there's a designation between Team USA when you're talking about Ryder Cup, Ryder Cup years, or President's Cup years. And he was like, nope, it's Team USA. And so they're trying to build in that idea of ascension. They're trying to build in that idea of experience. All right, Dom, what are you hearing? Oh, lots of stuff. I can read some more items. I have a, I have a comment, and I, I did some math and have some stats for you I wanted to share. But uh, let's see here. If you want to, I'm, again, I'm just going to read. There's a lot of stuff coming in, and we appreciate the comments, and uh, here we go. If you want to win, you got to have both Brooks and JT. These are all buddy picks for the most part. I don't care what he's done in the past. He's not playing like that now. I'd rather have Kisner than JT. Europe just won again. Spieth and JT, Scotty and Burns, now who does Brooks want to play with? Brooks earned his way onto this team. The JT pick was wrong. The good old boys are going to Europe. I guess Zach isn't all that worried about winning. So much for all the analytics that Zach claimed to employ. I love this squad. Who are the alternates? Question mark. The Euros are going to kick our blankety blank, blank, blank. (laughs) From a European standpoint, these are really good picks. I am not not surprised at the JT pick and the Keegan snub. 
this confirms it's a boys club and there isn't really any merit. And there's more coming as well, Matt, but, but that last point is something that I can piggyback off of because this is the comment I wanted to make. I did some stats. I want to share some stats, and then I want to ask you a question. The average strokes gained putting combined for the six captain's picks is 78th on the PGA Tour. Now, if you take out Sam Burns, who's 11th on the tour in strokes gained putting, and you look at those other four picks, Morikawa, JT, Spieth, and Fowler, the average strokes gained putting is 95th on the PGA Tour. Here is my question for you. Here's my question for you, Matt. I have actually have two questions. First is like, is putting not important at the Ryder Cup anymore? I guess that's the first question. The second question is this, and this is more of a philosophical issue that I have. If, again, a lot of people have used the terminology, the good old boys club. If that is where we are, if that's how they're going to build these teams now and for years to come, if, that's it, if that is what it is, that is what it is. Why not say that's what it is? Why, why have six captain's picks and move the date that you can make those captain's picks, continue to move it further and further later so you can get the hottest players when you have absolutely no intention of putting the hottest players on your team? Keegan Bradley's a hot player. He's as fiery as they come. Lucas Glover's the hottest player on the planet right now. I, I, if you're going to move that, this is the issue that I have, Matt. If you're going to move the picks and say, listen, all picks happen after the tour championship because we want everyone who's playing on fire right now. Well, no, you don't because if you did, that's who you'd pick. So, if you, so my argument, my, my, what, what's annoying me is if that's what you're doing, right? If you're going to just pick JT and Spieth and the same old crew, I'm not saying that's a problem or that's the wrong thing to do. But I'm saying if that's what you're going to do, then why have all these picks? Why move the data around? Why do all that stuff? Am I making sense or am I rambling? Do you understand what I'm saying? I do actually understand what you're saying. And you, you have to look at the leadership of Team USA. And that leadership core is part of the same core that brought back, by and large, the same players through all of those Ryder Cups, which predominantly were being won by Europe. So there, was, there already was an ingrained mentality that we like who we like, and we're going to put them on that team. On the other side of it is, is that, again, when you're talking about Justin Thomas, the merits of not putting him on that team is that he just does not have good form and hasn't had it for a long time. On the other side, you've got the merits of experience and a winning record at 6-2-1. and one. So you're balancing that. Now you're balancing that in this case and in this context because you're saying, well, he's, everyone keeps saying the old boys network, the, the, the guys who play golf with Tiger down there in South Florida, and they're, they're all part of that, you know, the same, that same grouping. And, and I get every one of those sides, and I'm not denying any of them. Uh, the the question is is when Justin Thomas shows up, will he be able to find his form because of circumstance? There are people that can do that. Whether he does it or not, I do not know. Until the really the Wyndham, where he didn't start well, but he but he finished gloriously. He finished heroically. It just what came up that much short 
and that would have only just got him into the playoffs. And how was it that for him getting into the playoffs would have been a slam dunk to say he should have been on the team. And for others, they not only got in the playoffs, they won playoff events and consecutive events uh, for both the Wyndham and into that uh, first playoff event for Lucas Glover. And it wasn't good enough for him to be on the team. And if you looked at it and said, well, you know, Lucas Glover has a career of being a sketchy putter, not with the putter that he's using now and not that he showed us at, at winning. So it does seem to suggest that if you're part of the inner circle, call it whatever you want, call it the popular table, that you had a good shot of getting on that team, maybe an almost guaranteed spot of getting on that team. And other than that, it's all, it was almost impossible what you were going to do. I mean, what more could, could Lucas Glover have done? Uh, Keegan Bradley, to me, played well enough to have deserved a spot in that team. So you, now you have to start to go down the, the scenario saying, who would you pick? Who wouldn't you pick? Brooks Kepka, I'd have put him on the team. One guy's opinion, 100% would have been on the team. Jordan Spieth, I would have put in the team. Colin Morikawa, I would have put him on the team. Sam Burns, I like. I know other people on here are saying they don't like the Sam Burns pick. I really like the Sam Burns pick. I like his ball striking. I like his putting a lot. So I would have put him on there. Okay, so that comes down to, uh, Andrew, throw that list back up there again. That comes down to where do we go from there? Right out of the gate, for me, it would have been Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover would have been on that team. Right? If I were to put Keegan Bradley on the team, I would have taken Ricky Fowler off the team. Right? Lucas Glover, would you have put, folks, would you put Lucas Glover on there instead of Justin Thomas? I have said over and over and over again, I really like DJ on those teams. To me, I would have given serious consideration to either DJ or Bryson. Maybe I'm insane. And I'll tell you what, Patrick Reed wasn't that far either from from me if I was captain for consideration because you could tell how hard he was he was trying to make that team as well to get the attention. So for me, the two, the two suspect picks are Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas. And having said that, man, I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope Ricky Fowler comes out and has the the Ryder Cup that we've always wanted him to have, and as yet to. I hope Justin Thomas comes out and starts to play golf the way Justin Thomas plays golf for Team USA. I'm not taking anything away from the European side. I want I want it to be a great competition. I think it's really exciting when it's a great competition. So, but Dom, I am curious about what are you, what are you hearing back from people in terms of of those scenarios and those discussions. No, I can continue to read here, and we'll put up uh, just for reference. That is the current European standings. Remember, they take three from the European points, three from the World points, um, and then they get six captains' picks. So, some variation of those players of that sixteen will be the twelve that you are more than likely going to see 
I mean, look at that. Look at look at that list. You got States. you were talking about the it's hottest a player list. I mean, the top the top of the list there, like their 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 best six. You know, Rory, Rom, Hovland, Fleetwood, Bob McIntyre. They're 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 formidable right now. Terrell Hatton. That's a damn good. That's a damn good six players right there right now. Yeah. And I do think part of I do think part of before I start reading some of the stuff here, I do think part of Zach's conundrum. Andrew, put up there our our U.S. team, the completed team. I think part of the conundrum, and I don't know if, Matt, this is a fair thing, but I think Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon are, they're massive surprises. There's no other way to say it. Uh, A year ago, nobody would have ever in a million years thought either of them were going to be on the Ryder Cup team, let alone qualify, let alone be two and three on that qualifying list. I think part of the issue for Zach Johnson in making these decisions is... Those are Ryder Cup rookies that have locked down these huge spots. Max Homa, he's played in a President's Cup. He has never played in a Ryder Cup. So you've got six qualifying spots and three of them, which traditionally, right, pre-live, would have been filled with a stalwart, right? That would have been a Dustin Johnson type in that slot. Now, Zach Johnson finds himself in a precarious position where he's got six automatic qualifiers, three of which are rookies, and you don't know what you're getting at the Ryder Cup. You just don't know what to expect from these guys. Even though they've earned their spot, which they did, you just don't know what to expect. I wonder, Matt, if, you know, Spieth, Thomas, Fowler, you know, going that route, yeah, it could have been a good old boys network or the friends thing or the chemistry thing, but couldn't, have, couldn't you also argue that it was just, listen, we need some of that experience because you talked earlier about experience it, it matters. It's not everything, but it matters. And so would it really be shocking if he's sitting in the, in the, in the meeting room with these guys a month ago going, listen, man, we don't know if Wyndham Clark is going to show up and go undefeated or if, he, or if it's going to be completely overwhelming for him. And as such, we need to make adjustments accordingly. Because someone like Lucas Glover, who is a hot, you know, as hot as you can possibly be, he's a flamethrower right now. He's also never been on a Ryder Cup team. You don't know what to expect from him. Yeah, it's so, interesting, I mean, though. Of the, th- the four that, names, like, Ricky Fowler. Well, you need Ricky there because of that reason. Yeah, but if that, if there's merit to that argument, Dom, then it would have been Keegan Bradley. It was a winning record at four and three, to the losing record of Ricky Fowler. Yeah, that's fair. Right. I agree with that. And then, on the other side yeah. of it is, you gave four names, three of whom have qualified, and the fourth you, you mentioned, Lucas Glover. Three of those four are major champions. They have stood alone in the white, hot spotlight of pressure of trying to win a major. And in the case of Wyndham Clark and the case of, of, uh, of Brian Harmon, they did it this year. And if you, you talk even more about Wyndham Clark, Wyndham Clark did it with Rory breathing right down his neck. Definitely an overtime. How, how great would it be to see those two playing singles on Sunday at the Ryder Cup if it, if it turns out that way? So... Yeah, I, I see it as I see it as a mixture of things here. I, I I will grant you the benefit of the doubt in in your argument for for my answer. That what we're talking about here is the fact that, yeah. They they were looking for experience. I get it. They were looking for experience. All I'm saying is they had other avenues to go for experience, which tells me that there was an element of a decision made. And I suspect it came from, it finalized at least on that Wednesday night, 
when the captain said to the players that qualified, okay, we got six spots to fill. Who do you think we should fill those, those six spots with? Yeah, and it, it was definitely uh, these are the guys that we'd like to have on our team. These are the guys we'd like to have in our, our team room. Now, they have the right to do that. It's their team. It just it does it does have a sense of kind of the former way that that teams were picked for Team USA. Now they could go over there and and win convincingly, and everyone come back and say, "Hey, the formula is working. What they did worked. The finding a team that was based on harmony uh, worked." But there's some big big question marks. I, I'll that I'll say that much. All right, what else you got, Dom? Uh, Sam Burns and Scott. Chef, Scotty Scheffler are like best friends. It's true. Geez, DJ. Yes, Glover should have got a pick. I would have picked Bryson. DJ's a Ryder Cup killer. DJ, Bryson, and Reed. There's a lot of people who've been commenting throughout that they just would, they just wanted, essentially they wanted to see more live players on the team. Uh, it would be great if just one of the guys snubbed says what they really think about JT. Sean says JT and Ricky are NBC picks. Somehow intimating that television has a role in this, which I don't think to be the case. The U.S. team has seven major winners. Europe has a good 11. Look at Europe world points list. Top 12 is a great team. We're putting the world points up back up. For, again, for just for clarity, this week is the Omega European Masters. That is the final qualifying event for the European Ryder Cup team. That list that you're seeing up there is uh, still subject to change. That team is not set in stone. But essentially, the first six or seven names you see up there will be pretty much on the team. I think Rory, John Rahm, Hovland, and Hatton are official. I think they've officially automatically qualified and statistically have to be on the team. So you work your, you work your way around from there. Uh, great answer to the question, or who else, gets, who else from Liv gets calls? Sounds like DJ and Bryson didn't even get a call. That still doesn't justify a JT pick. I'm sorry. Matt, you are correct. In terms of mental strength and delivery, Bryson, DJ, or Reed would have been safer than some of the current picks. Derek says, JT is a poor pick. Harmon will perform well in Rome. He is underrated. JT over any... Well, this thing's moving around on me like crazy because there's so many people here. JT looks like he's been playing in those in those pictures. <laughs> I'm sure he's been practicing hard. Uh, no place to hide in an 18-hole sprint in Ryder Cup matches. No place. It's kind to of find a funny score. screen capture you guys got there, by the way. Though it looks like mug shots. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're all. Yeah, I do think that last comment that I read, Matt, is an interesting comment. There's no place to find form at a Ryder Cup. There's a player or two, right? Again, play this out philosophically. If JT is on the team for camaraderie and chemistry reasons, he is a player you can hide. You don't have to play I don't think that's every player every match. I'm not buying that theory. Oh, no. well, well, then you tell me on that list. Andrew, put the team up, the current team. Then you tell me the two guys that aren't going to – because there's usually, what, one or two, sometimes more, that only play a couple matches. So who are you gonna who are you gonna sit basically on that list? 
Well, that's another that's another subject, and we should save that for another day in terms of who you're going to pair. But Scotty Scheffler obviously is going to pair. It's with It's not Sam about Burns. pairing. It's about you, you're you're going to have a player or two that's just not going to play a lot. Yeah, but period. but it starts with who you're going to pair in four balls and foursomes because after you start to do that pairing, you start to, to find your odd man out, right? And and then it comes down to what's the philosophy that you're going to have. For example, like I like the idea of Brooks Kepka and Colin Morikawa. Same reason why I like the idea of DJ and Colin Morikawa. I like the idea of power and accuracy. I like that combination. I like the idea with Scheffler and Burns where you're talking about the ball striking of, of Scotty Scheffler and the putting of Sam Burns, right? I like that kind of balance when, when you take a look at that. I don't actually think that Wyndham Clark and Brian Harmon would be that bad. Now you're talking well, about no, length and precision. Well, the done for you, Matt. It's always Spieth and Thomas, always. Burns and Scheffler are best friends always. Cantley and Shoffley are best friends always. They're going to be yep. paired together always. I mean, you're. I mean, it's sort of automatic what's happening here. And I do agree that Clark and Harmon is a good, is a good mixture. It's a good pairing. But but you but even you you're hear sort of what, what you just Homa Fowler Kepka Morikawa. That's your. But what, what you, you just what Kepka? you just augmented based upon what I was saying was. The names that haven't been definitively assigned to a partner based on what we're saying right now, and, and if what we're saying is so obvious, and it doesn't really take any insight or expertise to go, yeah, this makes sense, it's Homa and Fowler. Right? Yeah, but it doesn't and, make sense because Thomas is playing very poor. And you can make an argument that even though him and Spieth are a great partnership and they always play together, if he's playing like poop, he shouldn't be out there. Put Spieth well, we, with Fowler. You're going to see that. If they go out and lose five and six, I doubt that you're going to see a Spieth paired with Justin Thomas in the afternoon. So from that standpoint, you're, you're asking me, who will be the player do you think that will be so-called hidden? Because you, ha- you, you might not have to play until Sunday, until singles. It's not about hidden. To me, the, the weakest player on the team right now in terms of form is far and away Justin Thomas. So right. to me... If he is there for chemistry, for camaraderie, for team support, for friendship, for all these things, and his experience, I guess you could say, that's fine. He doesn't need to play in every match to do those things. But I don't think it's so, going to go down to the me, way you're, you're – I don't think it's going to go down that way, Dom. I don't think that Zach Johnson is going to try to tuck him away. What I think is going to happen is he's going to be sent out early with Jordan Spieth, and they're going to look to flip that switch. They're going to look for those guys to go out and do what they do and to win and to win definitively early. But if they go out and he does not perform, then it's very well possible you may not see him until very late. In answer to your question, that's that's would be the way that I would see it coming down. And I well, think we got I days think, and weeks to unpack all this. I'm very excited. About we it. do, but I also I also think that Ricky's going to go through the same kind of vetting. I think they're going to find somebody that that will pair well with Ricky Fowler and go, yeah, this is a comfortable pairing. We like this. And we're going to well, send these well, guys one, out and see, and see what he does. I want one final thought from you. I want to know, Andrew, put the list back up. I want you, I want to know from you. Yeah. Who on that list of players on your screen, when all is said and done, whoever wins the Monday after the Ryder cup, who on that list is going to be like, holy crap. We found our Ian Poulter. Like, he is going to be the man for our team. I can't believe we didn't see it before. 
Who is that person? Uh, I wouldn't say we haven't seen it before. I See, I wouldn't agree with you as far as that goes. I think Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley is probably going to be the strongest team that Team USA has. Based on where we stand right now at this point, those would be two. Uh, I've told you I'm a huge fan of Brooks Kepka on this team. As an individual, we could come away from this and go, uh, I really like what, what Brooks Kepka did because part of what the reason why I'm, I'm so high on Brooks Kepka right now, one, because he's Brooks Kepka full stop, and two, because I think he's going to be coming in here with a lot of his Brooks Kepka bravado, which is to say, look, I'm, it's another opportunity for Brooks Kepka to shove it in the face of those that have doubted him. And I do think that that chip is a powerful, powerful thing competitively. So uh, in terms of who will be the most successful players in a team, I would uh, right now my, my heart tells me it's going to be Xander and it's going to be Patrick. Uh, but it, as an individual performer that we're going to come away from it and go, wow, could you believe how well that one individual did? Because remember, this is, this is a team play. You have a partner except for one, one session on Sunday. Uh, I think it could very well be Brooks Kepka. Those, those are my, those are my feelings. Uh, while we have just a few seconds here, Dom, you want to weigh in on the same? Uh, I think it's going to be Max Homa. I think Max Homa yeah. is going to surprise the hell out of everybody. I think he's built for this, and I think he's ready for it. I think two years ago he wasn't ready for it. I mean, it's well documented his struggles, but I think that he now finds himself in a position where he knows and he trusts that he's one of the best players in the world. Yeah, I'd and I think this environment is going to be a really good one for him, and I think he's going to surprise the hell out of everybody. I I expect Max Homa to have a really good week, and on the back end, I think I think the Monday after the Ryder Cup, we're going to be talking about Max Homa winning a major next year. Like, it's it's in the bag. It's going to happen. Very cool. Okay, folks, thank you so much for your company. It is always a delight. Uh, today was was a unique one, and it was a long day on the air with you guys, and, and it was a great joy. Thank you, as ever, for all of your comments pouring in. Sorry we could not get to more of them, but congratulations to all of those that have made the United States Ryder Cup team. It is now locked down. Until we are together again, be well. Bye for now.